0: you're listening to nothing important
1: hang out with your way out yeah that's the plan <laughs>
0: <laughs> please enjoy the show Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Nothing Important Podcast, insert witty tagline here. My name is Brian, and with me, as always, is the next Chicago basketball player to sign with the New York Knicks, Dave. Dave, how's it going, my friend? I'm just going to take this show to New York, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, look at that. It's a sports reference. You should be proud of me, dude.
1: I'm actually really impressed with that reference, Brian. Not only did you know that there was one Chicago Bull, but possibly two at this point i, I don't know according to the news like
0: literally five minutes ago uh Queen noah yeah is gonna sign with the knicks so uh, yeah. for sports people that's that's probably a big deal for me it just made an interesting opening to the show but i am glad you are here uh okay so what we were saying before we turned the microphones on the weird the weird thing about doing this is is we're doing it on the computers you have a dual screen setup because you're at third city sound in julia illinois correct the studio you work out of and uh, I'm at home with a microphone in me and my wife's bedroom. So, <laughs> it, it, what always, what always makes me nervous is because we use Blab so we can see each other engage reactions, and then uh-huh. I use Audacity to record. And, uh, you know, and sometimes I have uh, other web pages open so I can go back and forth, and if I need some information or just to look up something on the fly, real quick, right? Yes. But since I have a single screen even doing this for almost like two years now, I still have very little faith in the technology. (laughs) So it makes me, it makes me nervous. It makes me nervous when we're recording and I can't see the vocal track being, being uh, populated.
1: It's happened during a show where I've stopped recording and didn't realize it. And I had to go back and start over on a segment or two. Yeah.
0: Yeah so, yeah, so I keep flipping back and forth. Sometimes when people are talking, I just see, like, the flat line on Audacity. Mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe I should just make, like, a noise or clap my hands or something just so I could see the, like, audio profile <laughs> spike just a little bit so I know that my microphone is still working. Watch, watch the and, metering, man. Watch the metering. So today, uh, you, you know, we, we discussed how uh, I, I'm now, for all intents and purposes, a housewife. <laughs> Mr. Mom, as it were. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm I'm very much like Hulk Hogan and *Suburban Commando* right
1: now. <laughs> oh, I thought you were preparing for the uh, the op- the obstacle course race. Yes, at the end of no. *Mr. Mom*. <laughs> I, that's all I remember from *Mr. Mom* is Michael Keaton in some like <laughs> shitty obstacle course race with a little tricycle and some beer. I don't know. Oh, well, Wait, well I, I definitely think that's *Revenge of the Nerds*.
0: either (laughs) either way my wife uh my wife calls me up and she tells me to make dinner and uh sometimes when we make food because our our schedules are so hectic we'll we'll make the food and then we'll freeze it Uh uh-huh so that that's so my wife makes uh you've had this before mexican goodness it's it's like a like a like a casserole slash lasagna dish but it's made with all like uh, like mexican quote-unquote ingredients so instead of noodles it's like uh the tortillas and and all the good stuff, you know, that would go like enchilada sauce and meat and beans and cheese and all the good stuff that would go into like a a taco. Right? So it's racist but as it's, fuck. It, yes. <laughs> <laughs> especially, especially by today's standards. So uh, I, I take that out of the freezer and I put that in the oven and uh, I just hear this awesome boom and like spray of glass. And I live in Chicago and there's a lot of crime in Chicago uh-huh. right now. So my, my kids are sleeping. I hear this loud boom, gra- glass uh, spray everywhere. And I think somebody tried to bra- break in through the back window of my house. So right. being superhero, I run to the kitchen and I grab a knife and my phone because, I, I don't know, I guess my plan was either to start stabbing while I called 911 or, you know, like get the fuck out of my house and start calling the cops. But then I hear all this sizzling and I realize <laughs> that, my dinner had blown up, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll post the pictures on Twitter, but it it didn't look that bad. I was like, oh, okay. Well, the sides of it kind of blew out. Obviously, you can't eat it because there's glass everywhere inside the oven. Says you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I guess if I was more hardcore, I could have tried. It <laughs> just sounds like a challenge <laughs> but, to me. But go ahead. I still have it. I have it like sitting on a pizza I'm peel on not top of my. Gonna eat glass, man. Everybody wants to see E glass Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh yeah, so my my dinner blew up. Like literally blew up and I had never seen that before and uh it was good because I got sushi out of it, but it's bad because now I have to clean the oven. <laughs> and <laughs> and what to to compound the story, uh our apartment owner only put one smoke alarm in the entire uh apartment. Right. I have like a pretty big apartment by Chicago standards. I I got like a three bedroom, two bath, back porch, family room, kitchen. It's a pretty big apartment by Chicago standards. And so like two weeks ago, we noticed that there was only one smoke detector in the entire apartment. It was probably like the most minimal requirement that they had when
1: when they remodeled this apartment. Yeah. Glad it was one good thing. It only took you three years to notice.
0: Right, that's what me <laughs> and my wife said, so we bought these really nice smoke detectors and put them up through in in every room and put them up throughout the apartment. so now we went from one smoke detector to about six <laughs> and um so they're very sensitive because they're new and they're you know modern right, and of course, I blew up dinner tonight, which caused a lot of smoke, right, which woke up my sleeping children right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I was late for recording today. <laughs> well, there you go. But on the bright side though, I know that we're safe because our smoke alarms work.
1: <laughs> and then you ate a cookie.
0: And then I and then I ate a cookie and I had to order sushi and tell my wife that I ruined dinner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you probably who, who did who it on like... purpose just to get the sushi.
0: Ah, that's what my wife said. She said I get it on purpose just so I had one less dish to clean. <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh Coming up in just a few minutes, we have Violet Bean from The Flash
1: TV show calling in, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, more so for you, honestly, than me. I mean, it is exciting, and any guests we have, I'm definitely willing to talk to, and I'm pretty sure I'll be doing a lot more listening to this one, (laughs) because I don't know jack about comic books, man.
0: That's okay, man, because I'm working on trying to get some more musical people and some more sports people on the show, so then I can sit there awkwardly.
1: Exactly. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but hey you sh- you should be proud of me In the opening of this very show i actually did a sports reference just for you
1: legit a legit sports reference a
0: legit sports reference See, right i one day one day because i kind of suck as a guy i i'm not impressed by uh strippers <laughs> uh i have no desire to work on my own car <laughs> and i know absolutely nothing about sports so uh all i need to do is uh Go to more strip clubs and learn how to change my own oil, and I'll be a real man, Dave. I'll be a real boy.
1: But I can tell you one thing. um, I am completely unimpressed by strip clubs as well. Not a fan. But Mm. somebody doesn't listen to Chris Rock songs from the late 90s because they thought there was sex in the champagne room, and there is no sex in the champagne room. Well, maybe not on their budget. (laughs) He wasted a lot of money. (laughs) He wasted a lot of money. (laughs) Well, it's, it's good to know that even strippers have morals. Well, it's not the strippers, in all honesty. It's the club. Like This is a club that you can tell they price out the riff raff. It's kind of a fancier deal, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're going to bang a stripper, you negotiate something after work, after hours, mm-hmm. not in the strip club. But literally, no one's ever going to suck you off in a strip club of that. Not that kind of strip club. Right. (laughs) That was a gentleman's club.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that was.
0: There you go. That was. Yeah, it wasn't a strip club. That was a true gentleman's club. Yeah. All right. With that, let's go ahead and get to our interview with Violet Bean. Absolutely. Up. Give me one second, Dave. I think our guest, uh, Violet Bean from the Flash TV show, is giving us a call. One moment. Dave, are you there? I am here. Dave, we have Violet Bean from the Flash TV show on our somewhat important hotline. Yay! Hello,
2: Violet. <laughs> oh, hello. How
1: are you? good. Uh, if, if I may make a correction, Brian is 40 miles north of me, and hopefully I just made it really awkward by proving I was eavesdropping on your conversation.
0: Oh, you heard
2: that whole thing?
1: Yeah, through the blab I did, yeah. Oh.
2: Well, oh. I think we're all in different locations. Oh
1: <laughs>
0: well, awesome, uh well, uh Dave, thanks for eavesdropping and vi thanks for being on our show. We're excited to have you, and uh we're really excited to talk with you, and hopefully we don't say anything too offensive to you. Uh,
2: I hope not either <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, see what my problem is is sometimes I go to make a joke that I think is funny, and then it's just like crickets from like, there out. So, okay. so so I feel compelled to to apologize. No, I, I won't say anything rude. Or at least, I hope I won't say anything rude. So uh, we're we're very excited to talk to you. And uh, about well, I guess we could start. We were actually supposed to record with you a couple days ago, but you were actually out of country at a comic con.
2: Yeah, I was. It was my first comic convention. It was in uh, Brussels, in Belgium.
0: Oh man, how was that?
2: It was actually pretty awesome. I, I don't know what I was expecting. I just knew I was going to go and sign some stuff and take some photos. But it was really great. Um, there was only three other actors there. So it was really intimate. And I feel like we really got to talk to all the the people, you know, all fans that pay to be there. So I thought that was really cool. Because I know at some of the bigger ones, people pay even more money to go because they get to see more people. But mm-hmm. you literally get to talk to everyone for like four seconds. Hmm. which is kind of crazy, I mean, considering, you know, considering the amount of money you're spending and you only get to see these people for like four seconds. So I thought it was really cool that they were able to like, you know, we, we talked to at least each person individually for like at least 10 minutes. So I thought that was really cool.
0: That's cool. Uh, that is that is really cool. How long were you over there for?
2: Um, I flew in midnight and then the next two days I had a convention all day long and then flew out the next morning. So I was literally there just for the convention.
0: Gotcha, and you were there kind of at an interesting time in history too, with the whole Brexit vote and uh, the whole EU deal over there. Yeah, was that a big deal over there while you were there?
2: Um, the Brexit thing wasn't as big as you might think. Just, I mean, it is Europe, but it isn't you know, it's not part of the UK or anything. Um, but there was a transportation strike that was going on. Uh, I guess oh, wow. just in Brussels, like just in the city itself. Yeah. Um. So there was like crazy traffic and. Just a lot of, like, Um, none of the buses were running, and all the taxis, like, refused to take people. So it was kind of crazy for a second, but um, it ended that Friday,
0: so yeah. Oh, great. Well, I'm glad that you had fun. I've always wanted to go to a Comic-Con. Me me and Dave have tried to use the podcast to get into Comic-Cons for free, and it just hasn't worked out yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I always imagine... Yeah, so one day, one day people will pretend that we're somebody's and and we'll get in. But um I always felt it'd be interesting, um, you know, you, you are on a popular T V show about a pretty iconic superhero character. And I've always wondered what that was like. Like you're you're sitting there and there's people lined up to see just you, and I've always like, Man, like I don't I honestly don't know if I could do that. <laughs> but but, uh, but it was cr-
2: it was no, it's so surreal. Like I don't even think at least for me personally, like I don't even like know how this all happened, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like to me, I like when I think about how you know where I am at. Like it's kind of a dream, and like being, especially being at Comic Con and seeing all these people that like people coming up to me and being like, "When I saw they added you, because I was like a last minute ad." Uh, there's a couple people dropped out, and they uh, they asked if I could if I could fill in. And a couple of fans came up to me, and they were like, "I oh, thought you were like coming in the last minute. I like had to buy my ticket." It was crazy that <laughs> these people were buying their tickets, right? Isn't that crazy? Like specifically to see you. How crazy is that?
0: Yeah, that's that's so great, though.
2: It is. I know it is, and and it's really sweet that like they're able to do that. You know what I mean? There's a way for fans to interact with. You know these superheroes that they love so much. So yeah, and it was it was cool. And I definitely want to do more conventions and and just you know get out there and and have the fans be able to to interact for
0: sure. Awesome. Now, when you're you're on the set, like because uh, it, it was kind of a big deal that uh, you know with the whole Superman versus Batman thing going into the Justice League in the movie theaters, it was kind of a big deal that there was a Flash TV show. But the the folks in the Flash TV show won't be the flash and those characters in the movies is uh is that kind of awkward on set i mean is is, or do people just not think about that
2: no i think on on our set we just have so much going on that like there isn't really time to feel bad or sad about it but i mean Mm -hmm. at the same time obviously it is a little bit of a bummer that you know especially you know grant isn't able to um to carry it up to the movies. I think, uh, Ezra, was that his name? Ezra Miller. I think he's going to do a great job. Um, I've liked stuff. and seen him in the past, but you know, it's just, it would be a nice like homage to the show and to grant who has worked so hard these past two seasons to be able to carry on the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know he's a little, he's a little sad about it as well, but at the same time, you know, we've got so much going on and we only get about, um, about six weeks of hiatus in between the seasons. So I think oh, wow. honestly, you know, all of, yeah, all of the, all that is in the show. I'm just kind of happy to have that time and, and, uh, and don't want to work more on the show. You know what I mean? So. Yeah,
0: totally. Totally. And we, looking, looking at your IMDB, uh, if, unless IMDB is incorrect, it seems like you're relatively, uh, early on in your career as an actor. And, uh, Dave and I were talking, we were like, we were like wow, that's awesome that, because we we've talked to a few people now, and we're, me and Dave are always amazed uh, to hear about the folks who managed to land like like a big one uh, early on. What what was the interview or interview? What was the uh, audition process like, and and how did that feel? Where where you you got to be a part of such a big property such as the Flash? Yeah, you
2: know, it was actually kind of interesting because with the Flash in particular, I don't think that they anticipated the role to be what it's come. Because my audition it was, I just sent in a tape, and I never met anyone. And they booked me, <laughs> and then I flew to Vancouver, and that was the first time I met anyone in the wow. whole show. Which wow. is just yeah, that never happens. Like that, unless you're only supposed to be there for like one or two episodes, and they just like are so busy they can't see you. Like that just never happens. So I think like I don't know, maybe maybe with. um you know Harrison and her relationship on screen. Maybe that made them think like, oh, we should keep her around for a bit or something. But yeah, so so I don't think like I didn't know what character I was auditioning for, and I don't think they knew exactly what. So it's I think that's part of it. Um, but also, you know, it is it is kind of great that Greg Berlanti and the CW both like um, are open to casting new faces. I think that that's really important because there's a lot of talent out there that. Just didn't discovered. And if you just keep giving things to the same people, then, you know, it, it sucks for a lot of the other people who want to get out there. So, I mean, I have so much gratitude for uh, Greg Berlanti and AJ, um, Andrew Kreisberg and and all the people at the CW and David Rappaport and Lindsay sorry, all those people. Because, I mean, honestly, they like, they give people their shot. So, um, so that's, you know, that has been wonderful. And then just being on set with all these talented actors has been crazy. Um, and, and, you know, I, I do feel very lucky that I am so young and so early in my career to experience this and, you know, I just hope it keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's,
0: that's, uh, that's great. And, uh, the flash was picked up for a third season. Yeah. And, and uh, and you're going to be there, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it was released that, uh, I will be coming back in season three. Um, don't know as what yet or, um, when. But with the whole Flashpoint thing being the beginning of the season, you know, anything could happen. So um, I'm hoping I come back as uh, Earth One, Jesse. I think that'd be cool. But uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) who knows what they'll decide to do.
0: Yeah. And uh, Dave, uh, you're not as big as a comic book guy as me. And the the whole Flashpoint storyline was a very big, um, like, seminal storyline in DC Comics. And uh, when she refers to Earth One.
2: It was its own own sort of spinoff, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it, it was a huge story. Every yeah, yeah. Every every year, comic companies have like their one big like tentpole event where they, you know, like uh, with Marvel, it was uh, Civil War. You know what I mean? And like uh, uh, yeah. Flash Flashpoint was one of those type of stories. And it's kind of fun to see that they're actually tackling that in the TV show as opposed to a movie, because you know the whole Batman and versus Superman thing that was a big that was a big like turning point in the characters, but it happened years ago, and a lot of people thought well, that would make a better, like, instead of, like, shoehorning it all into one movie, like, why not make that, like, two or three movies in it, in itself? So a lot of people were really excited that when they announced that season three would be uh, the Flashpoint storyline, a lot of people were excited that they weren't saving that for a Flash movie, but they were giving it the chance to pan out over several months. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah actually, I appreciate that, too, because that's what's so great about TV, is that you have so much more time to develop these stories and characters. So, yeah, I think that's it is really awesome that they, they gave it to the T V show and I mean maybe it'll make a movie down the road, but for now we've got it, so back off. <laughs> <laughs> well
0: Um, speaking of Flashpoint, I do I do have a couple questions uh from some uh Reddit folks. If you wanna take a stab at answering some of those. Yeah,
2: let's do it.
0: All right, uh Mr. Bubbles nine zero three nine, which by the way, I love this every time Dave and I do this because it's impossible not to feel silly when you read people's screen names. But that's the <laughs> only thing you have to go by. So, well so especially mr.
2: when bubbles is in this game. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: mr bubble wants to know uh what you think what you think about a possible jesse and uh wally relationship
2: uh yeah. yeah
0: coming up i i know you probably can't say much but
2: <laughs> well i don't honestly know very much i think they only they only let um a few people read that first script and then besides that no one's seen anything so um, I don't know a whole lot, but I mean you saw last season they kinda you know, they got their flirt on and they were hanging out. <laughs> um, and I think I think it I think it makes sense, you know what I mean? They're both sort of outsiders, they don't know a whole lot of people and they're around the same age and I don't know, it makes sense that they would kinda like find each other. Um, so I'm not opposed to it. Kenan's an awesome dude and um I loved doing scenes with him before, so that's that continued I would not mind and yeah, I think it could
0: be, I think it could be cute. You know what? I, I got to ask how far in advance do you get the scripts? Cause we, we talk to a lot of better call, Saul, better call Saul people. Cause of our other, we have a better call Saul podcast and we've had a lot of the cast from that on our show as well. And uh, Dave and I are always intrigued because we're, we're not in the business. We really have no idea how any of this works. Right. So uh, do you, do you get the, the script right before filming or, or with your show, do you have an idea of like the season's story arc before you start filming?
2: Um, so I think, uh, you know, I think Grant and maybe Candace and Danielle, um, I think maybe they know their story arc a little bit sooner than everyone else, Mm -hmm. but not much to be totally honest with you. Not much, um, you know, throughout the season, we maybe get our script a week before the start of the episode, um, shooting, Mm -hmm. uh, and that's like lucky if it's a week, usually it's less than that. Um, and usually we do a cast read through so we can like sort of. Know, talk it through and see how the episode needs to arc. Um but sometimes we don't get around to it. So that's always interesting. You just kinda wing it and uh hope for the best. But yeah, no, it's it's a very fast paced business and there's all they're always making changes. So you could get a change to your scene the night before and just mm-hmm. have to like re memorize it and um hope it doesn't change the, the feeling of the scene too much. But yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Like you don't you can't really plan too too much and I think, you know, with the writers, they're only a couple episodes ahead of what we're shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're only shooting a couple episodes ahead of what's airing. So it's very like go, go, go. And, um, and things See, always change on a whim.
0: That's another thing I think Dave and I found really interesting about as, as we learn more about the processes is I think everybody thinks that everything is written. Everybody remembers their part. And then they start at the first scene and pretty much record in sequential order, but uh, no, it, it seems like everybody's, yeah, everybody's working in real time and it's like up to the, up to the last minute that they're, they're still changing scenes and such.
2: Well, they're, yeah, they're still changing things and also you never shoot in order. So, you know, you shoot based on location and based on the people and the scenes. You mm-hmm. could shoot the very first scene back to back to the very last scene of the episode Uh, So you kind of, you have to plan that stuff out when you first read the the episode. And that's why cast read throughs are pretty great, because then you can see the whole episode and see how the other people are playing it and work off that. Yeah, no, it's kind of crazy how you can jump around the whole script and, you know, you're supposed to be in that different emotion right away. So it's kind of crazy.
0: Awesome, uh, two will from uh, another redditor. Now he wrote this with a smiley face, so I don't. So I'm going to try to read it as not creepy as possible. But he says, "Can you ask her if she'll post more photos to her Instagram?"
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> that's so funny! I post a lot on Instagram. Actually, it's my favorite social media. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know how much more you want me to post, but yeah, no, I post a lot. Um, Maybe a
1: sarcasm uh, in that but yeah. you, you do post a lot.
2: Well, I don't know. Yeah, like, maybe. I, yeah, he's like,
0: could you stop posting on Instagram? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe he or she is is a big fan because she did put a uh, semicolon with a capital D. So I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be like the ha face, like the big smiley, like mouth agape face. So
2: yeah, screaming happy face.
0: Dave, Dave, and I are just, old. Like I, I don't understand Instagram, and I barely figured out Twitter when we started doing the podcast. So we're <laughs> we're, we're old dudes. So. Just start oh my posting God,
2: pictures the best of
1: one.
2: him. Yeah, <laughs> of the fan. Yeah, yeah. Of, of the
1: fan. Start <laughs> posting pictures of the fan. Be like, here you go.
2: <laughs> yeah, you want more photos, bro?
0: <laughs> uh, King Bishop uh, wants to know if Jesse gets a suit. Do Do you think she'll create it on her own?
2: Oh, that's interesting. She is extremely mm-hmm. intelligent, so she could. Uh all I'm hoping is that it's really cool looking um mm-hmm. and I can breathe in it <laughs> right, <laughs> because right. I know it's gonna be made out of all leather and I'm not gonna die <laughs> so, and I, um
0: yeah, and those costumes are so elaborate,
2: oh, they totally are, yeah, and they're all made by the same lady Maya. um Maya and her team all cre- like create these from scratch and um and I've seen the sort of process with other costumes with other outfits, and it's it's actually really cool. And it, it's, it's a lot more than you think it takes. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, and, and, the fact that she does, so she does all of them for her and her team, do all of the flash arrow and legends. Um, mm-hmm. and probably now that Supergirl moves to Vancouver, she might start doing that too. So it's just kind of, I mean, it's crazy how much, you know, how much effort and time gets put into those costumes. So you know, hopefully they're working on one for Jesse.
0: <laughs> you know, and it, it's kind of fun that it's kind of fun that they're, they're doing a lot of the, um, crossover and guest appearances with the dc characters as well like with arrow and then uh i guess they're bringing in superman into supergirl but you know it's, it's almost like you're developing like another justice league on top of the movie universe one because it, is there going to be a time you think that you'll like you know like the characters from flash will move over to supergirl and vice versa and into arrow because you've already done a couple crossovers with arrow yeah there's been
2: a there's been a few with arrow and one with legends um and they're, they're actually doing a big one with all four shows. I don't exactly know how that's going to happen, but, awesome, um, awesome. they're doing, yeah, they're doing one with all four. Um, so that's going to be kind of crazy. And yeah, no, I think it's cool. And, and with Legends of Tomorrow, I think that was kind of like a, like a suicide squad type situation, you know, where they bring yeah. a bunch of, um, villains and heroes together to like make a, make a team. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they kind of did that already as a spin off. But yeah, I know it's kind of like it's almost justifiably in a way, especially because we're all in Vancouver now, so it's so close. Um and and it's so easy to do those crossovers, you know, and when, when was in LA, it was a little bit harder, Grant had to travel down there and was away from the show for a while. So, um, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool.
0: That's awesome. And and then the last uh Reddit thing I'll ask you is uh obsessive fandomer uh ask uh if you think or uh, okay, I'm going to read it as they write it because I'm having a hard time switching the context of it. Okay, so ask her about how she thinks her character will think about Barry changing time again.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, um, well, I don't know if she's going to have any thoughts on it because if he changes the timeline, she may have never come over to Earth one, mm. and therefore she may not even know who Barry is. No, so I don't think you know what I mean. So if cause if if he changes the timeline, then maybe Harrison Wells from Earth One or Earth Two never came to Earth One to save um, his daughter from Zoom. Therefore, why? How would we know Barry? We would only know Barry um, from Earth Two as the CSI like nerdy dorky one that you saw in uh, the middle of last season. No. Uh,
0: look at you. Yeah. Did did you read a lot of? Uh... Flash Comics to prepare for the the show? Are you are you a comic book uh, reader by nature, or has this kind of sparked your um,
2: interest in the comics? It, it definitely, like, made me more interested in it, and when I, I, had, I didn't know what character I was auditioning for, so I couldn't get any before I auditioned, but when I booked it, I went in and got a bunch on Jessie Quick, because she's, she's sort of scattered throughout the series. She's not, you know, she doesn't have um, her own branch, So I right. uh, so I went in and found a bunch of ones that she was featured in, and um and read up a bit on those, and then I've received like um collection books of the Flash from Family and Friends. So yeah, I've got a lot of material now to work with.
0: Oh well, and and now you're a part of the uh, Flash lore forever. You're you're a part of it now.
2: I know it's kind of crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it,
2: it's it's, it's,
0: made. <laughs> it's absolutely awesome. Um, you know, uh, Dave and I wish you nothing but the best. Where you know we uh it, it's been awesome talking to you and I, i'm not going to keep you too much later tonight because i i think it's uh i think it's uh what going on uh 10 o'clock where you're from nine o'clock where you're from where you're at right now
2: uh
0: yeah it's nine in in la but i'm from austin so my time zone is 11. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> awesome well, It's it's almost 11 <laughs> o'clock lag. oh gosh well, it's almost eleven o'clock here. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the Nothing Important podcast, and we hope that everybody keeps watching you on uh, the Flash and seeing where they take your uh, character, Jesse Quick, in the season three. And do you have any other projects coming up that you might want to plug? Because uh, now, uh, now the floor is yours if you'd like to do that.
2: Yeah, um, just for now, the Flash. I'm, I'm uh, I've got a couple things in my works, but I can't you know release them yet. Um, right. But just keep an eye out and uh, watch season three. And, yeah, that's all. Follow awesome. me on Instagram and
0: Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Violet, thank you so much for coming on our show. We And uh, we hope we can do it again sometime.
2: Yeah, me too. Thanks so much, guys.
0: Thank you.
1: All right, thank you. Have a great night. All
2: right.
0: all right. Bye. Bye. Dave, that was Violet Bean from the Flash TV show. Super cool check.
1: Yeah, I know it was Violet Bean, Brian. I talked to her, too. Yeah, and I think I probably <laughs> said that about ten times on
0: uh, on this very podcast. Uh, no, man, that that's awesome. It, it's so it's it one. It's kind of fascinating to learn about the inner workings of how TV shows and such get made. Yeah, right. Like uh, to me, that's almost as interesting as talking to people about their actual work. It, it's just finding out the processes because we're we're nobodies, and uh, I know you've edited sound and such for some movies, but I've never sat in on like a filming or anything like that, and it's like the perceptions that you have of how TV shows are made, uh, a lot of people are ignorant, probably just like me, and think, "Oh, well, they just like point the camera and go." <laughs> but yeah. that, that is such a it's such a huge undertaking, oh, and it, it seems like it's you're so pressed for time.
1: Logistical nightmares, and that was one thing, you know, they, why they can't shoot it linearly, or you know, they they group scenes together, scenes together, they group actors together so it puts a lot on location scouts and there's got to be an entire logistical department because movie film sets are insane they employ hundreds of people so yeah you're not gonna you know build a set to take right. it down to film the same scene a week later to take it down to film at the same spot two weeks later you know yeah you're not gonna get all yeah. out at once because it's impressive man i've been involved with one and uh it's the deal yeah,
0: well, that's awesome. Uh, she seems
1: like she seems like
0: uh, you know she she really uh, appreciates the opportunity that she earned, which is important. You know, nobody
1: gave it to her; she earned it. She's still green. And, uh, that's that's why yeah. she's still young, so she still yeah she still has <laughs> that vibe about yet. her of like being grateful for where you are and appreciative and name dropping everybody that's helped and important and part of the process. And you know, give her a couple of years, and she'll just be like, "Yeah, it's all me." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, just like anybody else at their job, you know, you're excited for it at the beginning. And then after a few years, you're just like, oh, yeah, call like, it, you know, it's just, a, I call it's just it, what you do after I, a while.
1: I call it the Taylor Swift syndrome. Explain. It is a completely arbitrary celebrity that I really don't care for. <laughs> fair, fair enough. I have a five-year-old
0: daughter now, and uh, now she's starting to discover Taylor Swift. Oh, God. Yeah, it's a, it's a sight to behold around my house. Barbie, Taylor Swift, and uh, My Little Pony. <laughs> it's like a weird combo. So she still like has like the real innocent little kid stuff with the My Little Pony, you know? Right, right. But she's she's really digging Barbie with like the fashion sense and being a businesswoman part uh-huh. of it. So so it's like this weird combination of she doesn't own a farm. She's just like Barbie if Barbie raised My Little Ponies. <laughs> it's
1: kind of <laughs> what her her deal is. Meanwhile, but, uh, listening but to, to terrible pop music.
0: Yep, yep, of course, man. But uh, back back to Violet, super awesome of her to come on our show. Well, we look forward to watching her uh, coming into season three. And it, it was really cool for her to answer some of uh, some of Reddit's questions and uh, talk some nerd talk with me. And uh, sorry, I kind of pushed you out there, Dave. No, A lot it's of people cool don't know because, this, because but... she got
1: nerdy right there <laughs> with you. Uh, yeah, what'd you absolutely. Say?
0: Oh, I was gonna say a lot of people don't see it, but you and I actually see each other because we're using a camera. Right. But we, uh, but I was switching through other stuff on the computer, which I think I was talking about when we started the show. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And you were trying to flag me down because you had a question for her, but, uh-huh. but I didn't see it because I was reading Reddit. <laughs> right. Yeah, that happened. Awesome. True story. <laughs> awesome well uh dave good talking to, you to my friend uh next week we have uh, scheduled milo yinanopoulos i hope i pronounced that right because i think a, it's that's just Yanopolis yinopoulos maybe uh milo he's a controversial guy it's going to be a great show i can't wait to talk to him because i think a lot of people also have this weird misconception of him especially if they don't particularly agree with his political views because he's so outspoken uh-huh um about him being kind of standoffish and a jerk, but uh, he's not due to my, uh, you know, my interaction with him so far has been nothing but pleasant. And I I can't wait to to talk to the guy and ask
1: him what his favorite frozen pizza is. If Uh, they have frozen pizza in UK. (laughs) I am going to gamble. I'm going to make a prediction that if the question slightly throws him off, but he rolls with it. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll come up with one right off the top of his head. Like, I would just be like Tombstone as soon as you ask me. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll see next
0: week. Make sure to turn in next week when we talk to Milo Uh Make sure to hit us up on Twitter. And at our website, NothingImportantPodcast.com. And if you're on iTunes, please make sure to give us a review and uh, spread the word about our tiny little show that helps us more than you ever know. You can also hear me and Dave talk about our favorite show, Better Call Saul, over at our Better Call Saul podcast called It's All Good, Man. You can find that at www.itsallgoodman.com. And we're also on Twitter with that as well at ISGM podcast. So a lot of exciting things down the pike. Make sure to spread the word.
1: Dave? Uh, Seven seasons in, I still don't watch Game of Thrones. You can stop recording. (laughs) now.
0: Be sure to follow Nothing Important online at nothingimportantpodcast.com. Find us on iTunes, on Twitter at NotImportantPC, and you can also find us on Facebook. Nothing Important is recorded with help from Third City Sound in Joliet, Illinois. Thanks for being awesome.